0: Hello, everyone. I am back. I am Matt Williamson. Follow me on X, Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. And don't have a lot of uh, optimism to spread your way after you know reviewing things, letting it settle, watching it again. So here I just got a bunch of notes, as I usually do the day after the game. As you haven't figured out by now, the Steelers now are the first team in NFL history with back-to-back losses to teams that were at least eight games under 500. Let that sink in for a bit. I mean, that's a really bad five-day stretch for this season and somewhat for the whole franchise. I mean, franchise history. I mean, that's the first team in NFL history to do that. Tomlin is now 3-10 and 10 against Belichick and the Patriots. Shouldn't blow you away if you've been paying attention to the Patriots for the last couple decades. But I also think there's something to that, that w- these coaches know each other very well. We talk about it with Harbaugh and Tomlin, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think Bill has Mike's number. I mean, as he does to m- most coaches he's faced, but three and ten. Now, I just have all sorts of random notes, as I often do. Um, say what you want about Matt Canada. I mean, hey, I-, I have no problem moving on from him. Don't get me wrong. But... I wouldn't say the offense all of a sudden is a thousand times better or, you know, Bengals game aside. But one thing that is worrisome minus Canada is Warren isn't being used as much or nearly enough in these games Canada's been not in charge. His usage has gone down since that coaching change. And You probably don't remember, but right before the coaching change, I wrote an article about he should maybe be the foundation of the offense, not his usage going down. Not great. Once again, the Steeler offense was just awful on third and fourth downs. Just awful. I know EPA doesn't mean a lot to you guys, but it's expected points added. Well, they were minus .83 on third and fourth downs combined, which is just horrendous. And over this two-game losing streak, the offense is seven out of 25 on third downs and one in four, one of four on fourth downs. And you guys know I, I count fourth down attempts that are missed as same thing as a turnover. I mean, you hand the ball to the other team. You don't punt it to them 50 yards on the field, you hand the ball to the other team. Atrocious. Mitch Trubisky led the offense but didn't reach the 100-yard mark until 12 minutes left in the game. None of his receivers surpassed 35 receiving yards until the last 15 seconds of the game. None of Trubisky's receivers surpassed 35 receiving yards until the last 15 seconds of the game. It's awful. Um... Some positives, though. I mean, punt returns and special teams overall, obviously, the block punt had something to do with it, was overall was a huge positive for the Steelers. Um, you know, that's some EPA stuff I was digging up, but they very much won the special teams battle. Boz made a huge kick as well. Patriots are bad in, in teams, but that's was an advantage the Steelers had coming in, and they did take advantage of it. Also, credit Trubisky, his QB scrambling, something that the Steelers have missed too much from Pickett this year, were also a big positive. I mean, that's that's a a club you have to have in your bag almost, unless you're just a surgeon from the pocket. And Trubisky did do that, which is great. Now, Juju and Zeke combined for 54% of the Patriots' target share. Well, over 50% of the balls thrown went to Juju Smith Schuster and Zeke Elliott. Both of whom probably played their best games in a long time, Steelers aside. Revenge game, Juju, blah, blah, blah. Zeke steps up as a true star, potential Hall of Famer, professional. But still, I mean, I put that out on Twitter, and a bunch of people wrote me back like, yeah, you could understand that if that if it was 2020. You know, these guys are well past their prime. They've done very little. And 54% of the target share went their way. (laughs) I mean, Juju averaged 2.9 yards per route run. Again, if you're over two, you're like Pro in laborhood. He was just under three. This is Juju Smith-Schuster, who nobody wanted. To put this in reference, George Pickens averaged 0.46 yards per route run. Juju is at 2.9. Like, those are opposite ends of the spectrum, which makes me crazy about Pickens. He needs to be used better, no matter what. Zeke was the only Patriot running back, true running back, that saw the field in this game. Ty Montgomery did some running back stuff. He's not listed as a running back. He, He did run a couple running back routes out of the backfield. But Zeke was the only running back that saw the field in this game. This is disheartening, to say the least. I mean, not only is this one of the worst passing attacks in the league, New England, well, Pittsburgh too, but New England's Of the six, of, of, the, of the Patriots, six running backs and wide receivers who have played more than 250 snaps this season, three of those six were inactive and one is on injured reserve. So the guys they want out there, Ramondre Stevenson, Devontae Parker, etc. They didn't even have those guys. You know, they were massively depleted in their pass catchers. So that's something I s- s- grabbed off the internet. Patriots quarterback Bailey Zappi acquitted himself well, recording a 81% adjusted completion percentage and averaging 8.6 yards per pass. His one turnover-worthy play ended up getting picked off at a pivotal point in the game as well but he also produced two big time throws. That's a pro football focus thing. Okay. I thought he played well. I mean, sometimes you just have to isolate the quarterback and is there a throw there? Did he make it? Yes. Zappy played well. Give him credit. He also was sacked late in the second quarter and seemed to favor his right elbow. Remember they focused on, Oh, he's got blood on his elbow. Like, like they were going to take him out of the game or something, but never understood that. But anyways, From that point on, that was late in the second quarter. He was only five of seven for 44 yards and a pick. Yeah. So, yeah, he was fine, but not from the whole second half. More pro football focused stuff. TJ Watt won't stand out on the snap, on the stat sheet for this one. In fact, he managed just two pressures across 24 pass rush snaps. However, he won six other pass rush snaps and didn't result in pressure because how quickly Zappi got the ball out. That's certainly becoming a trend. Teams are getting the ball out of their hands. So I have been critical of the Steelers pass rush and I was in my podcast yesterday, but it's also hard to get there when you have to get around three blockers in Watts case, especially with Highsmith not there and the ball's coming out remarkably quick. I mean, it's just almost impossible. Another good game by Joey Porter Jr. He was targeted four times tonight, and he did allow two catches, but for 28 yards and two first downs. He also forced incompletions on the other two passes. It was his fault that they weren't incomplete, is what what a forced incompletion is PBU, whatever. He he caused the incompletion. He's turned into a star, folks. Um, Quick break, and then I'm going to go through some snap count stuff and a bunch of other tidbits. All right, defensive snap counts for the Steelers. Out of a possible 57, the D-line went like this. Hayward at 43. He's back to being, you know, Hayward. Joby 38. Only 17 for Benton, but we also got 17 for Adams. I remember, Benton got banged up in this one. Watts played 15 and played them really well again. I'm really starting to like Watts. Loudermilk played 10 and wasn't good. On the edge, we got 52 out of Watt, 45 out of Herbig. Remember, Golden was inactive for this game. Bad day for him to be inactive. And Highsmith only played, only lasted 17. Hopefully, he's back for Indy. I haven't heard anything of that report either way. Roberts, I give him all the credit in the world. He was out there for 46. Walker for 25. Yuck. Martinez for 21. We'll get to that in a minute. Robinson for only Six. Guys, the Robinson experiments, over. forget about him. I mean, he's he's not in the equation. At safety. It was Minka for every snap. KZ played 51. Trenton Thompson played 30. Porter also played every snap. Peterson only missed three. They're your corners now, guys. I mean, and then Wallace for 18 Sullivan for eight. In terms of the skill players on offense, There were 70 possible snaps here. Pickens was out there for 60. Johnson for only 48. And I'll dig into that in a minute. But that is noteworthy, alarming, interesting, whatever you want to call it. Allen Robinson for 41. Calvin Austin for 21. Get to that as well. Boykin for eight. Amongst the tight ends, 48 for Friar 30 for Washington, 11 for Hayward, 4 for Williams. And the running backs basically split it Najee 40 warden Warren 37. The Sears also ran seven plays in this game with Harris and Warren on the field together. Usually it's about one and they hadn't used that more than twice in a game since week seven. So that must have been some reason for that in terms of this specific game plan. I don't think it was an injury related thing, but they got both of them on the field. Much more. I know seven snaps doesn't sound like much, but much more than they have been. So this is from Pro Football Focus's fantasy stuff. And it's pretty interesting with Deontay. And in some ways, it's concerning. As I mentioned, his snaps were down. He rotated out for Calvin Austin frequently on early downs. And this was a real tell that the Steelers were going to run the ball. You wouldn't think that. But so... Since he came back in week eight through week 13, Johnson's been on the field for a a little over two thirds of the Steelers run plays. Tonight he was on the field for only 25 of them. Now they think this has more to do with Austin than Johnson, but this doesn't, this is sometimes when I look at pro football focus, be like that doesn't quite add up. So Austin earned the highest run blocking grade in the NFL over the first 13 weeks. Now that I don't believe, like you can't tell me Calvin Austin's an elite run blocking wide receiver. I mean, I'm sorry, Football focus, but his efforts great, but he's tiny and he doesn't move anybody. And Johnson's middle of the pack and, you know, run blocking. His effort could really use a little step up, too. But if they continue this rotation, once again, hey, and this isn't Matt Canada, folks. It's a bit of a tell. If if you're bringing in Austin, I mean, they used to do it with Boykin all the time. If Boykin's in the game, you run the ball. Now, if it's Austin coming in for Johnson, eh, this is something to keep an eye on. I thought there was very little push in the run game by the offensive line, as well as the tight ends at the line of scrimmage. Now, I will say that's probably the hardest defense in the league to run against, and they are superb at setting the edge, a real hard edge, tough, tough assignment for these tight ends. So that's not unexpected, but I just wanted to at least throw it out there. But the offensive line or the pass blocking as a whole, they did allow six quarterback hits, two sacks. And I thought too much pressure overall. We talked a lot about their blitz pickup, their blitz problems in general. That was part of it, of course. And the Pats were good about, as they always are, rotating a lot of defensive players. I mean, they had 16 different defensive players play at least 20 snaps last night, you know, in in that game. I mean, so kept them fresh. Uh, They are always in and out of the game. That's something they've used, even with a lot of injuries on defense that they're dealing with. Now, I thought Blake Martinez played really well in his first game. And Walker was awful. I think based off that limited tape, Martinez and Roberts have to be your starters. Now you hope he can hold up and, you know, it's easy to play half a game. You know, how can, how's he going to hold up week after week? I think you need to find out. Uh, Trenton Thompson is now getting exposed in a big way. So might've got too excited about him after a couple good games. And frankly, I don't think KZ's an NFL starting safety. Like it'll shock me. If on opening day next year, someone counts on him as a starter, maybe even worse than that. Um, Patrick Peterson was good in this game. And no one seems to want to give him credit. But over the last month, five, six weeks, whatever, Patrick Peterson's done quite well. I mean, so he is not the problem. And my last nugget here is they didn't get much out of Joby in this game. I mean, he played a lot. Had some matchup, you know, had a matchup that wasn't brutal. Need more from him, you know, all things considered. So that's where we're at. Uh, Heading into the weekend. Not sure when you'll hear from me next, but have a great one. Take care.